welcome back to the report brought to you by the COVID-19 Literature Surveillance Team. I'm Will Smith, an EMS and emergency medicine physician in Jackson Hole, Wyoming. I'm also a clinical assistant professor with the University of Washington and the co-founder of the COVID-19 Literature Surveillance Project. We are keeping up to date with the latest research on SARS-CoV-2 and the disease it causes, COVID-19. We bring you real-time data from the research to help guide best practices as the pandemic continues to unfold. For complete summaries and links to each article to review further, please visit our website at covid19lst.org. Here's Jasmine, my co-founder with today's episode. Thanks, Will. And on today's report, we discuss who is at risk for acute pulmonary embolisms, what is the state of clinical trials on COVID-19 therapeutics, and are some patients regaining their sense of smell after recovering from their infection? Let's get started. The report for June 12, 2020. Climate. According to a study in France, initial signs of pressure on the EMS system preceded the hospital influx of critical patients by approximately 30 days, and identification of similar measures in other countries' EMS systems may be critical for pandemic preparation. Epidemiology A study using a novel method based on statistical physics to predict the transmission and incubation time and global recovery trajectories during the COVID-19 pandemic found that the COVID-19 transmission and incubation rate was approximately five days, and different countermeasures such as social isolation and distancing led to different growth and decline trajectories worldwide. A retrospective study of 72 non-hospitalized COVID-19 patients who presented to the emergency department and underwent chest CT scans with CT pulmonary angiography protocols found that 13 patients, or 18%, were diagnosed with acute pulmonary embolisms, suggesting an association between COVID-19 and acute pulmonary embolisms even in non-hospitalized patients. Researchers at University of California San Diego Health performed a cross-sectional study and found that 23 out of the 46 COVID-19 patients reported olfactory dysfunction. 18 of those 23 reported persistent subjective loss of smell despite two consecutive negative RT-PCR tests, suggesting that olfactory loss can persist even after significant viral load reduction. Understanding Pathology A qualitative study evaluating the antibody responses of rabbits to various SARS-CoV-2 spike protein antigens, including the receptor binding domain, or RBD, the S1 domain, the S2 domain, and the S1 plus S2 domain. They found the RBD imogen elicited a much higher antibody response with greater affinity compared to other antigens and the S2 domain produced the weakest response, suggesting that vaccine development based on the RBD or receptor binding domain may be a promising area of future research. And to help you adjust your practice during this pandemic, we present guidelines and recommendations that include a triphasic response to COVID-19 with phase-specific recommendations to minimize the adverse effects of delaying care for GI diseases during the earlier part of the pandemic. This can be viewed in full online at our report at covid19lst.org. 
a health belief model and self-reporting questionnaire sent to 90 residents with a mean age of 84.9 years across three different nursing home facilities in Israel to determine the accuracy of self-reporting in the elderly, found the difference between true BMI values and self-reported values varied by an average of only 1.43, which would have a minimal impact on the physician's clinical evaluation of a patient and the positive predictive value for self-reporting normal blood pressures was 77.78% and 78.57% for abnormal blood pressures. So in the COVID-19 era where minimizing physical encounters remains necessary, self-reporting by our elder population on health measures may potentially become an essential telehealth tool. R&D, Diagnosis and Treatments. In a case series of 105 COVID-19 patients in Germany, 14 patients had severe hyperinflammation associated with COVID-19 by a COVID-19 inflammation score, or CIS, and were subsequently treated with the Janus kinase inhibitor drug ruxolitinib, of which 12 demonstrated statistically significant reduction in the CIS on the seventh day, suggesting that ruxolitinib may be efficacious in patients with hyperinflammation in the setting of COVID-19. A phase 2 clinical trial for this drug is underway. A scoping review of clinical trials for treatments of COVID-19 registered with the WHO or clinicaltrials.gov completed on 26 March 2020 by epidemiologists at Johns Hopkins University found a total of 92 different experimental agents tested as either single or combination therapies, 201 ongoing clinical trials, of which 75% or 152 were randomized. With the randomized trial groups, only 36% or 55 were at least single-blinded studies. Thus, while there are a wide variety of drugs undergoing testing, results of most studies are expected only to provide preliminary information on efficacy. That's all for today. Thanks for listening. Continue to stay informed with us. Read less, do more with COVID-19LST.org.